Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, peeps. I'm Nicole. I'm Ben. And you're listening to Wicked and Grim. A true crime podcast. Warning. Hey, hey, hey. What's up? How's it going? As Ben takes a sip of coffee. Yeah, good timing. We're just starting and you like <laughs> decide to start at the point that I take my final sip of coffee. Thank well, you. I was like, eh, <laughs> no this time is an like opportunity. The <laughs> so how's everyone doing? Yeah, happy Tuesday. What's what's shaking? What's yeah. new? What's exciting? We're like hair straight back. Hair straight back. It's ridiculous. Oh my God. Spring cleaning. We haven't even began that yet. I haven't finished our taxes, so this is like a big problem because the deadline's Friday or Thursday. Oh, I don't even know. When is it? It's this week. I'd so be so I'm like, screwed if it wasn't for you because I like never do taxes. Yeah, but so. you're a little screwed because of me too because like uh, I'm like cutting it close here. <laughs> <laughs> but you're you're pretty much there at pretty least. Pretty much. Yeah. Get that nice weight off the shoulders once it's done. Yeah. And I think this might be the last year because we're hiring an accountant. Yeah. I put my ha- my hand up in excitement. <laughs> Almost looked like you were like doing a Nazi thing. Oh just my saying. goodness! Well, I wasn't. That's why I was giving you a weird look. You were giving me a really weird look. <laughs> but yeah, I'm pumped for the accountants. So we don't have to go through this next year. Mm-hmm. Um, also, like speaking of getting things off like the to do list, I just built a custom arcade in the garage. That's sweet. Well, because long story short, it was like. I've, you know, I've always wanted to have an arcade, right? So for my 30th birthday, you let me build that arcade. Yeah, well, I know. Why did you do it? Because you, we were having a nerdy 30. Yeah, nerdy 30 sweet. birthday party. Yeah. It, well, that wasn't why I was doing it. I did it I for me. I thought that was why. Well, but no, okay. I, I wanted the arcade. I've always wanted an arcade. Oh, okay, okay. And then it was like, oh, I want it in time for my nerdy 30 because mm. it worked out great, right? Yeah. So moving into a tiny home, there's not exactly any space for a giant arcade cabinet. No. And it wasn't exactly too happy with the build. So I wanted to rebuild it before I sold it. And some friends of mine, well, ours, Mike and Amber, bought it to go in their tattoo shop. Yeah. So I rebuilt it. And now that's off our to-do list. And we're finally getting rid of the arcade cabinet. It's sad to see it go, though. It is sad. But one day you can have it again. You can Now you know how to make it. That's true. You made two, basically. And you can redo one. That is true. When we have a regular size house though i never know if we're gonna actually go back to a regular size house like another small cabin <laughs> that yeah. could fit an arcade <laughs> ideally that's what we want a cabin on a lake though like oh, that's, that'd be amazing to live on water i think would be a dream well, not on water actually beside, i would live on water in too front. you would live on water like a i would live houseboat? on a houseboat 100 percent. you're going more hardcore than i ever even thought wow impressive well i'm trying not to be a basic b remember yeah you got a lot of trying to go <laughs> 
Sorry. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> oh, this coffee's good. Mm-hmm. I just want to sit here and just drink this whole coffee. Yeah. How about we just do a podcast where you're just like sipping your coffee? Oh, just that like, what is it? Like SMR, like ASMR or whatever. What where, is like, that? Like people watch really satisfying things and listen to really satisfying oh, noises. Okay. One thing that I find so satisfying and it's so freaking weird. What? Because I follow like a few um, artisan soap makers. Okay. And so they have like a giant block of soap and then they have like this wire cutter thing that just like cuts the soap so nicely. And I'm like, that's nice to watch. I'm okay. into that. Soap cutting is like extremely popular in this genre. Did you know that? Oh, I had no idea. Oh, no. yeah. People like get a bar of soap, for example, and they'll like do like cross cuts in it. So it's like a grass. Oh. Sort of thing, right? And then okay. they'll cut underneath. So all these like little tiny squares fall off the bar of soap. Oh. It's really weird and cool, but okay, not my well, thing. Okay, well, no, I, I, uh. I was into that before I knew that was a thing. <laughs> well, you know it's a thing. <laughs> a lot of people are into some weird stuff. Like our killer today oh. is in some to is into some weird stuff, hair specifically. Okay, a lot of people have hair fetishes. Yeah, this dude is known as the hair in hand killer. Cool. Not really. See, I actually <laughs> like the opposite of a hair fetish. I hate hair. Hair is kind of gross. I think it's nasty. <laughs> and yet your husband has hair growing all over his face. <laughs> Giant beard. Well, no, it's just like if you find it where it's not supposed to be is what I think is nasty. Gotcha. Is all. So, okay, carry on. We'll we'll stop about my, my uh, what I don't like. Nasty hairness. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to try and pronounce some of these names. There's a little, there's one dude who's got like an off name here. He's Italian. Okay. And this takes place over in England. So the place in England where it is, is Bournemouth, Bournemouth, I think Bournemouth. Okay. I haven't heard of it. Bournemouth, England. It's it's South England sort of thing. Okay. So it's in November of 2002, November 12th, very specifically. Uh, two kids were coming home from school. Uh, the boy was named Terry. He was age 14. And the girl, his sister, Caitlin, was age 11. Okay. They arrived home just before 4 p.m. from school. And after they came home, they didn't receive the normal warm welcome they did from their mom at the front door. Uh oh, I don't like this. Well, you're not gonna like what happens further. Oh shit! So they didn't receive the normal greeting. So Caitlin called out to their mom, and if there was no response. So, in an interview, Terry actually said, um, "This is actually kind of like heartbreaking." This quote. So this is from oh, no. from the Sun. He says, "It was at that moment when the house was silent. Then I thought something was wrong here. Nothing visually, just quiet." Oh, no. So that's from the 14-year-old son, His little Terry. heart just knew. He knew. So without a response, they moved into the house looking for their mom. After a few moments, Caitlin knocked on the closed bathroom door, hoping she was in there, just didn't hear him, right? And she'd hear a response. She didn't hear a response. So she opened the door. Oh, no. And there she found her mom. Blood everywhere. <sighs> lifeless. Shit. That's one hell of a way to find your mom, hey? Well, yeah, these kids are young. Yeah. Okay, like murdering is just not cool, but like if they have if they have dependents, like children, like fuck off. I mean, you- just fuck off and murdering okay. in entirety. In general, but it's like it just pulls at my heart a little more cuz like now yeah. these people are their their kids are going to grow up without like a mom. Like yeah. that's shit. I couldn't find anything on their father. I must I knew she was a single mom, but I don't know where the dad is or 
Oh, okay. I thought maybe he was just at work or something, but it was a single mom, hey? Yeah. Mm. As far as I can tell, I couldn't find any facts on it, but I'm pretty sure she was just a single mom. Okay. That's shitty. So police were obviously called to the scene, right? Yeah. Uh, they moved into the house and, you know, they're doing their investigation. Uh, but when they arrived on the scene, they found the kids outside and being comforted by a neighbor from across the street, uh, Daniello Restivo. That's the guy who I'm going to have trouble pronouncing his name, but I think I nailed it there. I hope he's not the killer, but keep going. <laughs> Shit. Okay. So it's Daniello Danilo. Danilo? Not Daniello. It's Danilo. Danilo? I want to just make that clear. Okay. I might, it, as I'm talking in this podcast, I might end up slurring it or going fast and saying Daniello, but it's Danilo. Okay. Uh, so the investigation started immediately. Like I said, the, the, the cops were in the house doing their thing. Yeah. Um, so they found uh, the mom, whose name was Heather Barnett. She was found bludgeoned to death with what appeared to be a hammer. Yikes. She was also mutilated. Her breasts had been cut off and oh. laid back behind her head, and a lock of hair was found in each of her hands. One hand, there was a lock of her own hair, and then the other hand was a lock of hair from an unknown person. Holy shit. Yeah, it's kind of fucked up. The breast thing is what made my jaw drop. That's nasty. Yeah, definitely. There's actually, there's a few cases out there that I've heard of and I've listened to other podcasts. Breast mutilation seems yeah. to be a popular thing. It's a thing. I don't understand. Like, what the fuck? So you're like just looking at titties and have the urge to want to cut them off? I don't know. Like some of the like other ones, messed. some of the other ones, they, they theorize that it was like more of like removing the femininity from them, like almost humiliating the individual. Really? I don't think that's the case in this one, but that's what I've read in other cases where huh. it could have been like a psychological thing where they're trying to humiliate their victim. Wow, that doesn't seem like a way to humiliate your victim, but okay. That seems like okay. a, a way to get a one-way ticket to prison and hell and burn for yeah. a long fucking time. Oh, shit. Speaking of burn, I'm going to burn my tongue with hot coffee. I already don't like this. This is already going south for me. <laughs> uh, I mean, this is a true crime podcast. It's probably not going to be satisfying. I know, and it's funny, but every time it's like, what? It's so <laughs> shocking to me, even though I listen to like true crime, but I always just like... Expect the best of people. Yeah. But. No, expect the worst in this case <laughs> and every other crime case. I know. I know. I'll change my mindset one day. So they determined her time of death was estimated to be shortly after she returned home from dropping the kids off at school that morning. Oh, goodness. So there was a large window of time where a killer could have been to the scene, cleaned up the scene, even committed the crime. Yeah. At the scene, the investigators found that the door to Heather's house was unlocked and her son Terry actually mentioned that a house key had gone mis missing recently. Oh, dang. Don't hide those house keys. That was like a big thing, I feel like, when we were growing up. Like your parents always hid house key like under the mat or something. Okay, to be fair, my parents hid a house key like really well oh, <laughs> at okay. the front door or whatever. Well, I remember I made this. Sorry, this is a side note that I'm just going to throw out there. But I made this really tacky like dove-shaped pottery thing that was just horrendous and at the bottom like was a space for a key yeah so like my parents put it outside the door probably like not break my heart but put a key under there which probably was so obvious yeah probably like it's a good thing we didn't get murdered so with the unlocked door there's also signs of struggle within the house of course um and heather had been dragged into the bathroom after she'd been killed so I, I stopped that okay. sentence a little premature i was gonna actually ask <laughs> yeah afterwards uh, luminol tests also showed bloody footprints throughout the house. So clearly the killer 
cleaned up the crime oh, scene. Okay. Bleach and everything. That's so interesting when they clean up. Okay, keep going. However, the bloody footprint seemed to just stop at one point. Just all of a sudden, they just stopped abruptly. This was thought to indicate that the killer had actually stopped, taken off his shoes and clothes, and changed into new shoes and clothes. <laughs> interesting. So this is premeditated, clearly. Mm -hmm. He brought extra clothes oh, with him. Okay, yep. Totally. Yeah, he was careful and... Yeah. Hmm. One thing was a little out of place, though. There was a green towel in the hallway that was left with a bunch of blood on it. Invest investigators actually had to felt that this towel didn't belong there. Oh, not, like not he to was the crime scene or something. Not to the house. Oh, interesting. Okay. So this this green towel is key. It's going to come into play a little later on. Oh, okay. I was thinking on like leaving that open the open, but no, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you know. Remember this green towel. Okay, because my mind went like maybe he was still there when the kids arrived or something and he had like wasn't done and just like put it in the hall, but that's well, not the case. You'll, you'll, you'll see what happens here. We don't know why he left the towel behind or what, but we do know that it's it's an important piece of evidence. Okay. Hold on. I lost my spot now. Where am I? My, uh, my tablet turned sideways on me and it oh, just like rearranged everything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I'm good. I'm good. Good. Okay, so some individuals were bought, brought back to the police station, of course, for questioning, right? Mm -hmm. Not necessarily as suspects, you know, just trying to hash out what happened, see if you can get witnesses or anything. One of those individu individuals was Daniello Restivo, the neighbor from across the street, who was consoling Heather's children when the police arrived. Right, okay. So a little bit of background on Restivo. Um, he was born in Sicily uh, in April 1972. And then he moved to the city of Penenza, Italy, where he spent most of his youth and younger adult life. Until 2002, when he was 30, he moved to Bournemouth. Or I think that's how you pronounce it. Bournemouth? <laughs> Bournemouth, England? The city we are currently in and talking about. Okay. <laughs> so it he moved there this same year that this happened. Okay. So during the interview with Daniello, I'm going to, I referred to him as Restivo there, but I'm going to go Daniello from here on out. Okay. Uh, he was talking, he was saying that he was taking a computer course that morning and he had a bus ticket with a stamped time of 8.44 a.m. to prove his alibi, right? And there was also a sign-in sheet uh, for the course that showed he was there during the time of 10.30 a.m. So clearly he has an alibi. He was not around during the time of the murder. He was off doing his own thing at the computer course oh, and stuff, okay, because right? yeah, I thought I already went there and thought he was guilty, but okay. So police move in on the investigation, but Daniello began to put up some red flags for the police. Oh. There were reports of him rambling and just not seeming to have his story put together well. And after going back to his alibi, they found the sign-in sheet for the morning of his course was written in 1230 and then was written over top as a correction of 1030 a.m., leaving a large window of time where he could have actually been at the crime scene. Oh, okay, and like just pre-purchased a bus ticket and stuff like that. Yeah, purchasing a bus ticket doesn't seem like a super alibi. Really. It doesn't mean you were on the bus. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, leaving that that altered uh, alibi times thing for his sign-in sheet that that doesn't really leave you much of an alibi anymore. So you have what quite an a, asshole. Quite a large window where he could have actually been. It better not be him. Scene. He was like consoling the children. Huh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to break your heart. Ooh, is it him? Daniela was questioned by the police in mid-2003 and released without charge due to lack of evidence. However, they kept a close eye on him and they began their search 
little more details into who he was. One investigation team member actually came forward after a little while and said he found some past information regarding Daniello. Daniello was uh, a little bit of a involved in a missing persons report of Elisa Claps, age 16, back in Italy. Oh, okay. Like this is pre, before he moved to this England place. Yes. So this is in 1993. It's a Sunday, September 12th in Penenza, Italy. Elisa Claps went to meet Daniello at a church. Arriving at approximately 11.30 a.m., just as mass finished, she went, met up with him, but did not return home. Oh. She did not return home. Hold on. Putting coffee down. I was going to take a drink, but I'm getting into this now. <laughs> <laughs> that happens lots when we're doing it, podcasts. It happens so much to you, and I'm always like, do you want to just stop for a second? Do like, nah. have a sip? <laughs> I'm good. I don't need the sip. I don't need the coffee. I need to keep going here. It's what I need to do. So, Elisa's elder brother, Gildo, telephoned I telephoned, phoned Daniela's family um, and was told that Daniela was out of town and they had no knowledge of Elisa's whereabouts. So something's a little fishy there. So when police questioned Daniela, um, he said that he had left the church uh, with Elisa still there, which was clearly not lining up already because he said he was out of town. Yeah. Uh, I'm stumbling through a section. I'm sorry. I'm missing my spots here and there. Where am I? Where did I go? Okay, okay. I'm going to start that sentence over here. So when police questioned him, Daniello said that Elisa had left the church. There we go. So Daniello was still there. Elisa had left the church. Oh, okay. While he stayed back and prayed, he explained a cut on his hand that he had just result like, you know, it's just an accident. Just oops. Things happen. And Daniello's family actually declined police t- to see Daniello's clothing from the day. So they were not able to really investigate. Okay, because he would have been kind of young at that point too. Yes. I don't know his exact age. We can math it out if we want, but about the age of 16. Yeah. Okay. Because at first I was like, why is he hanging out with a 16-year-old? But he wouldn't have been that. No, in 1993. Yeah. 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 So the police weren't able to get his clothes, but they did want to investigate the church where Elise went missing. However, the priest in charge of the church opposed the search and they weren't able to search it. Why would you? Like, it's to find a missing person? I don't know. Unfortunately, Elisa was never found, and she was officially labeled as a missing person. Dang. And so then, yeah, and then he just got got away with it at that point. Pretty much. Huh. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. 
So now also digging into his history, Daniela was known to attempt and arrange dates with girls, claiming to have a present for them. He's, he's basically just like <laughs> trying to like lure them and just bribe them is okay. what it seems to be. And then when they declined them, he would harass any girl who rejected him. He would give them phone calls. And when they answer, he would just play creepy music from a film from a serial killer. Sweet. Like that's fucked up. That's not psychotic at all. Not at all. Not in the not least. Not even in the least. <laughs> so Daniello at this time was also known to police uh, to have believed to be responsible for nine incidents in which women had their hair cut and taken. He was also thought to have tied up two kids before cutting one with a knife. Wow. Yeah. So he's got quite the history as a kid. Sounds like a winner. Yeah. A real definitely. Winner. So this this investigator came forward with all this information that he found. And this is like, okay, we've I think we've got our guy here. Yeah. Because clearly the haircutting, for example, it's fairly convenient that he just ended up moving to this place and someone right away goes missing or sorry, killed. Mm-hmm. So, and then there's some hair weirdness going on. Def- yeah. The hair weirdness is key here. Yeah. So the police and the investigators like, we got to keep an eye on this guy. So he was observed quite frequently. They followed him. They made sure that they were trailing him lots of places and they were watching him closely. And he made repeat visits to a park where he would like covertly film women from like bushes what? and shit. Yeah. So he probably didn't know they were watch- still no. watching him. No, he didn't. Oh my goodness. So his real creepiness is coming out. Oh, definitely. So he would like literally hide in bushes and shit. And film women. Yep. Hmm. And he would like stalk them throughout this like specific park. Really Jeez, fucked up. How do people have time for this shit? <laughs> yeah. So on May 12th, 2004, the surveillance team that was following him became really alarmed due to specific behavior from that day. So, like I said, he was stalking people from bushes. However, he was wearing multiple layers of clothes, had his hood up, and was wearing gloves as well. Remember, the crime scene with Heather Barnett, they said that the, the killer seemed to have changed clothing. Oh, so he actually just like strips clothing. So this is a concern. He's wearing oh. multiple layers of clothes. He can just take off that first layer. Gross. So they were quite concerned. That's actually kind of smart, though. I'm going to put that out there. <laughs> I don't want to give him any credit, though. I'm not giving him any credit, but I've never heard of that before. Like, I've heard changing the clothes, but just just stripped down. Like, yeah. Okay. And it's not... You might be able to, like, play the card, like, oh, layering up's a good thing when it's cold out. No, this was midsummer. So... Uh, okay. He was probably sweating balls. Most likely. So the police intervened, and they searched him and his car and his bag and everything. They found... Identical change of clothing, just like we were saying, multiple layers there. They found a fillet knife, scissors, a balaclava, and an extra pair of gloves. The fillet knife would be what you would use to probably cut off the boobs, eh? And I would assume the scissor for the hair. Yeah. Oh, boy. Okay. Of course, though, Daniello was just like, oh, you know, he had explanations for all this, you know, whatever it was. You know, I just came from a jog and extra pair of clothes for sweating or... And he just, oh, I forgot I had that fillet knife in there from a couple days ago. Like, Mm. and I mean, prove him wrong, right? Yeah. So the police didn't have anything to go on, unfortunately, and they they had to let him go. There was nothing convincing, convicting him or anything. I feel like they should have just kept watching him a little bit longer. But then I guess they were also worried that someone could go. They were worried someone could die. Yeah. So they had to intervene. Yeah. So without any way of convicting him, they needed to find something else to connect him to Heather Barnett's murder. So they asked for help from the public regarding the locks of hair specifically. 
They hope that maybe they could identify the mysterious person whose DNA was attached to that hair. Like, who is this person whose lock of hair is left in Heather's hand? Right. So once they made a plea to the public, you know, they're putting out ads and the radio paper all in his hometown and stuff, too. Like, they're blasting his face all over the place. Oh, my. Okay. Good. It's good, yeah. Multiple women became to, uh, began to come forward, actually, identifying Daniello as someone who stole locks of hair from them. Really? He took hair from multiple women, women in movie theaters, public places. Even a schoolgirl identified him as a man who cut her hair on a bus. Good Lord. That's actually very interesting that people wouldn't have come forward beforehand. You know, like, yeah. I feel like if I was in a movie theater and someone chopped part of my hair off, I don't know if I would just let that go. <laughs> no kidding. But I don't know. Also, like, it would be, feel weird to maybe call the police over that, too. I don't know. I mean, I think I would feel more weird letting someone go who's sitting behind me chopping off my hair. <laughs> if someone just comes and chops off your beard, I, you would have something to say about that. Oh, I would be punching their face <laughs> into the ground. And like, they would not be getting beard. away. <laughs> it takes a long time and a lot of care for this beard. It does. It does. Someone messes with it. I'm going to mess with them. <laughs> okay. So they did find people saying that Daniello cut hair from them and everything. Unfortunately, they were never able to find a match to the DNA of the hair found in Heather's hand. Oh, dang. It did get him arrested, though. Well, yeah, I would assume. It did assume. get him arrested. Uh, so they were able to search his home. Okay, that's good and getting there. his possessions. They found, of course, locks of hair. They found identical shoes that were worn and matched the pattern the day of Heather Barnett's murder. Oh. They even had internal traces of blood. Okay. Okay. But it could not be identified due to they were soaked in bleach. Oh, seriously? So all DNA was null and void. So there was blood on them, but the DNA part of it would have been taken destroyed. away because of the bleach? Yeah. You can tell it's blood, but there's no DNA there anymore because Dang. the bleach destroyed it. Okay. So again, unfortunately, there was no conclusive evidence and they had to release them. Back to the wild, Holy, I guess. Holy, he just keeps getting away with this. He keeps getting away with it. And I'm pretty sure he's like one of those people who's, he's like laughing this whole way. He's like, yeah, I'm getting away with murder. Like you can't catch me sort of attitude. Uh, which just makes it even worse. It does. It actually really does. So remember when I said that green towel would come into play, right? Mm -hmm. Well, in 2008, however, new techniques for DNA sampling came to light. I love how... That's a, lot a long of, time, like, ways from the murder, though. But sorry. 2002 to 2008, it's not a, I mean, in retrospect, there's a lot of cases that go a lot further. That's true. So it is a little while, but it's not a long time. I guess. But I love how a lot of cases are just like, haha, I'm getting away with it. Actually, new DNA research that has evolved over the last two yeah. decades. I love that that new DNA techniques come out. Yeah, that's good. So the new DNA sampling came to light, and that mysterious green towel covered in blood was able to reveal DNA that matched Daniello on it. Oh, gotcha. Okay. This is where I'm going to give a little bit of a backstory here. I never said it at any other point yet because it didn't seem to fit right. This is where I'm going to say it. Okay. So Daniello actually hired Heather Barnett to sew up some curtains for him, who he was going to give to his spouse or partner. Uh, for a gift. So Heather Barnett was actually a seamstress. So Daniello had said, you know, I've been to her house. I have my DNA there, whatever, right? So the police understand that there was a connection between the two prior to this. 
Oh, okay. Which he probably didn't even need any freaking curtains. That no, was just, most yeah. likely. He was stalking her. Yeah. And this also comes into play when Terry said there was a key missing. It went missing shortly after he began visiting their place oh, for these curtains. Okay. Daniello, however, just said, you know, he had left it there previously on a visit to her house. So, unfortunately, the 6th of November, the evidence was still judged insufficient for prosecution. He just left it there? That's what he said. Who goes to someone's house and leaves a fucking towel? (laughs) Apparently, some creep who goes around (laughs) cutting women's hair, I guess. Okay. And is in need of curtains. Good Lord. That's just... Okay. So, it's unfortunately insufficient evidence. brutal. And he was let go once again. (sighs) That's a piss off. It would be another two years before they had enough to finally bring him to court, though. Because two, two years later, on March 17th, 2010, the body of Elisa Clapp was found in a church. Found in a church? Found in a church in a brick loft alcove beside a bell tower. So remember how she met him at a church when he was 16? Yeah. Is that the church? She went missing. That's the church. She never left the church. She met him at the church and she never left the church. Okay. And like the fact that that wasn't able to be searched, like that body could have been found years ago. It could have been. Yep. Holy, holy. Almost makes me think like the priest would have been in on it too. Like, why would you not let it be searched? There's, there's, but I mean, it's like, it's maybe sacred. Yeah. It could be that. But there's a little bit of um, theories that go back through this. And these are only theories. I didn't want to touch on them too much. Uh, But Daniello's father had some like foots in the door, foots in the door, had like his foot in the door and like some like political and like, police stuff and i'm pretty sure that he may have had it as well being a lot of uh religious people are very prevalent in you know over in europe and especially italy yeah he may have very well had his foot in the door with this church as well so it could have been like a cover-up thing right okay yeah so strands of elise's own hair when she was found were actually found in her hand too really yeah Daniello's calling card, the cut hair found in oh. her hand. Okay, that's almost silly to have a calling card, really. Like, hide I know, that right? better, but okay. They also found DNA and other evidence indicating Daniello was Elisa's murderer. I couldn't find much on that. It was just kind of there was DNA and other evidence. Which so. is interesting. She must have had decomposed quite a bit. Oh, I'm sure she would have. She, I'm sure she would have been like very, like almost mummified by that point. Yeah. But there was still evidence left behind, be it other blood, because he had a scratch in his hand, remember? So I'm sure that could have been something along those lines, or maybe she got some of his hair too. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Brutal. So being now that they have a calling card, they can connect Daniello to both these murders, and it was enough to bring him to court. Okay. So two months after the remains of Elisa were found, Daniello was charged with the murder of Heather Barnett in England. So May 2011, Daniela was found guilty of murdering Heather Barnett. Good. All this evidence came in. And because Elisa essentially saved this, she prevented him from walking free. Oh, yeah. Look so at she's, that, yeah. she's our badass of the day yeah, right here. Yeah, she's the hero. Look at that. So it took the jury only one day to return with a verdict. And the judge sentenced Daniela to 40 years in prison for the murder of Heather okay. Barnett. Okay. And that's only Heather Barnett, though. Is there more? 
Well, I mean the murder of Elisa, right? Okay, yeah. I was like, is there even more that have come up now? Well, there's... there's Probably. Th- there's, there's some where he's connected to, but nothing proven yet. Okay. I would be surprised if it was only these two, though, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Same. But we are only covering these two in this. Yeah. Yeah. So in Italy, after he's in prison, uh, his trial went on in his absence in 2011, and he was also found guilty for the murder of Elisa Claps. Yes. And he was sentenced to 30 more years. Yes. So the home security also ordered him to be deported back to Italy, where he would be jailed for what they say is the rest of his life. Yeah. And Boom. That is the case of the hair in hand killer. This piece of shit who I don't care if I get his name wrong. <laughs> he doesn't deserve for you to get his name right. No, he doesn't. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, I'm so glad that they, they ended up catching him, but God, that went on a long time. Y- yes, it did. And there's a lot of like, I skipped a lot of little pieces of information because there it was all over the place trying to find something to go after this guy. Mm-hmm. But I, I stuck... I kept to the main story. I kept like all the main information. If you really want to research more, there is some smaller details out there. Um, and there, like I said, a lot of theories too on yeah. who else he could have been um, after. But this dude just seems like an all around fucking creep. Even yeah. like as a kid, he grew up just fucking weird. Okay. Yeah, he, sound, he sounds like a real winner. He better stay in jail forever. Oh, he is. Forever. Uh, he is. They. The judge said that the chances of him ever seeing the outside again is like slim to none. Good. He'll be in jail for life. Good. Good. He, he deserves gonna that. fucking rot. No shit. Huh. Well done. That was very interesting. Thank you. Thank you. I yeah. appreciate that. I'll be doing the next one. Do you know what the next episode is? Yet? I do actually. Can we get a little bit of a hinty hint at it? I don't know. Come I don't on. know. Come on. We don't, okay. we don't give hints very often. It's definitely going to make you want to lock your doors. Including your balcony doors. Oh, shit. So if you live in an apartment, lock your fucking balcony doors. I'm telling you that right now. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. And it's another doors. It's another Canadian. Um, I might have to branch out one day. All I've been doing is Canadian cases. But yeah, no I think kidding. I said from the beginning that I like Canadian true crime. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. Do we need more hints than that? I mean, that's given it's no to you. hints. That's, that's not really given any hints. Okay, I'll drop a big one. So he's known as the bedroom strangler. That isn't a hint. That's just telling us. <laughs> oh. But I'm okay with that. The bedroom <laughs> strangler. Like, how else do you give hints without really just like telling what it is? Well, we now know. The so bedroom that's strangler. what it is. That, that sounds in-depth and crazy. Yeah, I'm not giving his name. That's just his like nickname. And yeah, it's wild. It's like actually... I'll be doing a lot of my research when you're like working night shift and I'm home alone. So (laughs) I might not have like planned this shit properly, but yeah. Gotcha. That's it. All right. Well, I look forward to it. Mm -hmm. All right. And we'll see you guys next week or we'll talk to you next week on the next episode when we hear all about it. Stay wicked. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.